This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. All right, Scuttlebutt Nation, this is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Scare of Podcast. We are going to have a lot of fun. Last week, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, I did a show with uh, Dave from What Does Star Wars Mean to You? And I had such a blast talking about Star Wars. I posted, if you weren't tired of me talking about <laughs> Star Wars, we got one more show of me talking about Star Wars. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I loved our conversation a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm really excited to do five questions. Yes. I I did. Spoiler alert. We're doing no, five Spoiler questions. alert. Yeah, absolutely. No, five questions. If you are unfamiliar with uh, the series of shows called Five Questions that I put out, it's basically I uh, grab a friend and uh, we sit down and we talk. We ask each other five questions. Uncut unadulterated and unrehearsed as they say uh but uh, yeah we don't tell each other what the questions are we answer them off the cuff and uh we we have fun so this should be a lot of fun we are recording on july 11th which uh happens to be 7-11 free slurpee day did you get your slurpee I did not, and I didn't even think about it being Seven uh, Eleven. Yeah, absolutely. Go out and get your Slurpee. Yeah, um, absolutely. But there's something else that came out today besides free Slurpees. Um, I I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's uh, and uh, it, I'm always at a doctor's office when a new Star Wars trailer um, comes out. For some reason, oh. it's just odd. Uh, the Force Awakens, uh, when that first trailer uh, hit uh, from San Diego Comic Con, I was uh, in the waiting room. Uh, I took my wife to to for an appointment, and I'm just sitting there. I couldn't uh, scream as as loud as I wanted because, again, in in the waiting room. And uh, the same thing with uh, with today. Trailer, uh, this newest trailer for the Ahsoka series. Um, again, you know, looks interesting, looks pretty good. Uh, there's some uh, comments that were made, but uh, again, uh, in a doctor's office, I don't know what what that is. <laughs> It's just you're you're very health conscious. That's what I'm learning, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah you, absolutely. You, like the last time I was in a doctor's office, I don't think the internet was on phones yet. In fact, oh. I probably had a beeper. <laughs> yeah, I remember beepers. I had one of those. Yeah, absolutely. We're, but uh, we're aging ourselves. Let's uh, let's get yes. uh, let's get. What, uh, yeah, go ahead. What did you think of the trailer? Just over, like I oh. kind of loved it. I loved the action in it. I thought it was fantastic. This is a new beginning for some war. For others, power. It's been a while. Things have changed. Coming from a uh, kind of a broadcast background, I have always maintained that they don't edit trailers like they used to anymore. Um, to me, it seemed like just a series of shots mishmashed and put together um and i you know I, I know everybody speculates on what the ahsoka series is going to be and i i kind of agree that it's probably going to be a rebels 2.0 um you know continuation of of the um of the animated show which i'm fine with i loved rebels um yeah. you know getting um getting this cast and 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 these uh characters into live action is uh is kind of exciting. Um, I know that not everything translates from animation to live action, but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what Ahsoka, uh, how that, uh, the series pans out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited space whales and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love whales are one of my favorite creatures. So oh, I, I very really nice. love the space whales. Very nice. Um, I, th I was, as I thought more about it, I realized we haven't seen Zeb in anything yet. And I wonder if he'll make the show yeah, I hope in so. kind of any regular um, capacity. And do you want to hear my scary, my <laughs> possibly unpopular prediction uh -oh. on the show? Yeah, let's do it. Not a Rebels reunion. It'll have Rebels characters, but they will not be in every single episode. And maybe like the first episode will have Hera. The second episode will have Sabine. And now Sabine feels like with the second trailer, a little more stronger part of the story. Yeah. But 
Um, and we isolated. Just, yes, and isolated. Yeah. Um, we haven't really seen that group shot of all of them together yet. Um, so that's just a little bit of my thought. Yeah. What is it about Disney not bringing these great characters all together for one last adventure? But that's another podcast. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Um, too funny. Um, but yeah, you know, again, just looking forward to it. Um, uh, before we started recording, you know, obviously we're talking about Star Wars and what it means to us. But I think, you know, whenever there's a new Star Wars uh, product or show, I'm, I'm always excited. Uh, until I'm not, but I, I, I am always eager to, you know, dive into a galaxy far, far away and see, you know, what the, what they offer us. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think that there's at least one good thing to take away from these. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return. heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. It is time to begin again. So, five questions. Um, I love these shows because, as I was mentioning to you, you know, it, it gets, uh, it gives me an opportunity to kind of learn about, uh, you know, whoever it is that I bring on. And uh, Dave, uh, you know, I had such a great time on on your show with uh with your um with your segment um you know decided to bring you back sooner rather than later um and uh i've got my five questions ready to go how about you i have five questions and a couple alts ready to go yeah i'm red five standing by red five standing by here we go excellent um all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna let you go first since you are my okay. guest on five questions well, thank you let's uh wind it up and let's uh I'm not a big sports guy. I was going to say, let's wind it up and hit a home <laughs> goal or something. I don't know what it is, but go for it. I, I digress. <laughs> um, well, I think my first question, I'm going to go Star Wars because that's my thing. And then then I, I promise to try and get away from it. But what is your Star Wars opinion that you're most embarrassed to share? Oh, that's a great one. My Star Wars opinion that I'm most embarrassed to share. You know, here's the thing, though, about that, because I have a lot of opinions. Some are off the wall. Some are deep dives. Some are uh, crazy. Some are, you know, you may not agree with uh, with a lot of them. Um, but I don't know if I'm actually embarrassed to to share uh, any of the opinions, I think if, if anybody asks, you know, um, <laughs> I would ask, I, I would tell them, um, what in, what, uh, let's see the most embarrassing Star Wars opinion I have. I might have to go with Jar Jar Binks. Wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, I, I know, you know, I, I know Jar Jar Binks gets a lot of heat. Uh, in yeah. the uh, in the prequels, but um, yeah, I mean, he was he was he wasn't that bad. And if you kind of uh, you know realize uh, the function of of the character when uh, George Lucas was uh, you know creating him, I mean, you know, he served a purpose. Um, and again, in getting back to you know my notion that I am really a, a technology guy, I loved that uh, Jar Jar was you know kind of the uh, the grandfather of all you know CGI characters. So yeah, um, for that uh, reason alone, I think uh, you know Jar Jar is uh, is an important character both in universe and behind the scenes for you know kind of setting the stage for uh, for CGI characters you know completely synthesized uh characters in a galaxy far far away so I, I i would i would say that that that's my yeah my opinion that uh you know i know people like to give jar jar shit but i'm like eh, 
he's, he's not that bad. I think he took a lot of crap because people didn't know where to direct their anger. Uh, yeah. And, and they directed it at him because he was the easiest target at the time. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because I started as a Star Wars podcast and because obviously you are Star Wars is your jam. Um, I don't mind saying and I'm not embarrassed to say it, that all of my questions are Star Wars related. So oh, nice. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So. All right. So my first question for you. Uh huh. Um, if you could end. This is kind of related to uh, the Ahsoka trailer that dropped today. Here we go. If you could go into the world between worlds what event in star wars would you slip into just to take a peek at firsthand you know it's funny i uh, immediately the battle of hoth just to watch the adats um moving forward and taking out the rebel base wow. being able to get to the rebel base to watch darth vader walk through see the falcon take off i think it has everything watch um, Luke used the force to, uh, you know, he grapples up into the belly of the Adat and takes one out on his own. Really nothing. The Battle of Hoth is probably the most um, iconic Star Wars imagery for myself. I absolutely love it when I'm playing Battlefront or Battlefront 2, whenever I get into the, um, into the Hoth battles. I'm, it just takes me back to watching the movies again. I just love the Hoth battles. That is amazing. You didn't even hesitate. Not I, a second. I know. And, and I like to hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, the Hoth battle is wonderful. And obviously, uh, you know, for me, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. It's, uh, it's near perfect. If there was yep. such thing as a perfect movie, I would, uh, I would put Empire Strikes Back uh, right there. Um, not a problem. For but sure. uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. All right. The Hoth battle. Very nice. The Hoth battle. Yes. Okay, this is what I. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to judge every question I have and then say it. So let me uh, try to edit that out myself. So, what comic book story arc that was published prior to 2000 do you still go back to to reread? Oh, let's see. Um, you know, the the one thing that comes to mind, and it's it's not Star Wars related. It's um. Lately, there has been a lot of talk about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what are the, what's what's going to happen now. You know, after especially after the Infinity Saga, um, you've got uh, you got a character um, in Venom that in the comic books, uh, you know his his origin story was a little different than what the MCU kind of uh, introduced, and. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the comic book stories uh, story arcs that I really enjoy going back to back to um, is the uh, the Secret Wars story storyline, the original and, one with yeah, the Disco right. Beyonder. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and I can't remember what year, but um, you know, obviously, my favorite superhero for the MCU is Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to him because, you know, I was a teenager, I was a newspaper photographer, and I also got bitten by a radioactive spider and obtained the proportionate <laughs> strength of, a, of an arachnid. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, re- I really enjoyed, <laughs> sorry, I really enjoyed the, the, the secret, uh, secret war story. And I'm, I'm sad that they're not going to kind of, you know, and I know I, I've, hear, I've heard rumblings about... Uh, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of going into that story for the next phase. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, how, um, not sure they're going to do it justice, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, w- one of my, one of my saddest things of that story is really not, not seeing how that black uh, suit uh, came to be um, yeah. based, based on the comic books. I think it was a very interesting and, and um you know, cool story. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of like a little bit of a slow burn. Obviously, you know, Peter Parker had the black suit for a while before it started to kind of, you know, play with his mind a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's then the a one. little, 
That's a good one. That's a really good one. And I tend to forget that that's where he got the black suit during the Secret Wars storyline. And that, you know, I always, you know, they always call it alien symbiote. So by the time the movies came around, like Spider-Man 3 and then uh, the remakes of Venom, they all kind of make him come from space. But no, he was, it was on Beyonderland. I don't know what the... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the place yeah. Was called. yeah. Too funny. Yeah. All right. My question number two got? for you. Um, in all the fictional worlds we know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or whatever, all, all the, the fandom stuff, um, all the fictional worlds we know, what world would you want to retire in, but you can never come back? Ooh, I mean, wow, this is one where I'll, I will answer now. And then in about five hours, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I have a better answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think right away, um, I go to Naboo and it is, it just seems like a very pleasant Mediterranean area. <laughs> yeah, there, there's warring factions of humans versus Gungans, but. You know, there's war everywhere, so and I, I why bet, not? You know, yeah, and I bet their hummus is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, amazing olive oil at Naboo, that, and oh, that's yeah. what the Trade Federation was, was trying to stop. I know was the export of olive oil. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's a like you can go indoor for camping. I like um, I like Lord of the Rings, the the Hobbit. Uh, the Shire yeah. would be a really nice place because that's very um, serene. But I think Naboo, Naboo still has like, it looks like it has arts. It looks like it has a good, you know, uh, Thai restaurant that's open late. <laughs> yes. Um, I think and, so. On every corner. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, I think that it just, it looks very pleasant like a pleasant place to live when 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 battle droids aren't walking down the main streets exactly. and taking over. exactly hey when that happens but yeah nebu is uh um i would probably pick that one too it's very peaceful um serene yeah. very green very green and it, and it has a queen that seems to care about its people absolutely yeah very nice very nice Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the Scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Question number three. Hmm. Question number three. Okay, so what what is your most unlikely but most prized collector item? Now, this is something that a normal normal person might overlook, um, but it means so much to you. Um, as I turn my back to face <laughs> my items behind me. Something that might be overlooked. Um, I wonder if I did. I talk to you about this in on your show. My uh, my Darth Vader helmet signed by James Earl Jones. Or I'm sorry, not James Earl Jones. David Prowse. Uh, yes. Um, I mean, I always I always think of that one top of mind when anybody asks me what my most prized um, collector item is. Um, 
and I think I've, you know, I've mentioned that on, on our show um, many times, but there's another, um, there's another piece of, of collectible that I own that uh, means a lot to me. And um, there's a friend in high school that uh, gave this to me um, for my birthday one year. It is the, um, the translight uh, of a Burger King slash Burger Boy when they were giving out the uh, the Star Wars um, glasses. Oh wow! Um, and I've got two of them because you know there were four glasses and there were you know four images to the glasses and each each of the each of the translites had um, the Coca Cola logo and then two of the glasses and then on the other side it was the Burger King logo and then two of the you know the the other two uh, images. And, oh, I, and and um, I know uh, Andy over at Holocronicles has um, you know tried to offer me a, a boatload of money to <laughs> to part with them, but uh, I'm uh, they're they're dying with me. Um, it's yeah. you know again it's 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 something that that might be overlooked by somebody just kind of like looking and I'm like you know this is like a a, a yeah. restaurant translate, but um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's. Those are uh, those are two of my most uh, valued possessions, you know, on a personal level. Um, and not that I, you know, not that I, um, I don't know. It's you know, it was a friend of mine in high school, and we don't we don't uh, we don't connect anymore. But for some reason, at that time, I mean, I just I really appreciated the fact that that those items were given to me. Um, oh, for sure. And uh, yeah. I'd have to. Like- I'd have to kind of dig deep into my emotional <laughs> status at the time because uh, great question. I'm thinking. I'm like really now. I'm really thinking like what what was it at that time that uh, that made an impression on me? But yeah, that's that's an awesome question. That's a. I mean, that's a great item because a lot of people have the glasses, but having the kind of advertisement for the glasses is really unique, and there may be hundreds and hundreds of sets of glasses out there but there's only a few of those probably left yeah. over it's a it's a great item yeah i love it i love it whatever right. he's offering you i offer double <laughs> but not really <laughs> yeah all right we just talked about um the um secret wars uh i want to ask you for question number three um who is your favorite marvel and dc superhero and why okay um so marvel and dc so it's 100 percent spider-man is okay. my overall number one uh superhero very much like you, I related to him when I was a kid. He was a t- he he was a little older. I got into Spider Man around Web of Spider Man number one, which I want to say is 87, 86 maybe. Um, but I, there was just some it, it, the Parker luck resonated with me. How he's always kind of down on his luck. How he was always that that inner monologue he had that was constantly nitpicking at himself very much what i do um and i just i also loved that he was a superhero who was not like he wasn't galactic he was local he was he he, he took care of crime around the neighborhood sure and friend um, friendly neighborhood friendly neighborhood spider-man and he so that really um reeled me in also mary jane how can you not love her um especially as a 13 year old kid sure she's a hottie and then um <laughs> that that that's my spider-man opinion that i'm embarrassed to share that i just <laughs> shared. no not at and, all and um i just think like when i read i would read avengers and x-men and everything else and they were just so big and kind of yeah. galactic that it was just too much for me the the very personal stories of peter parker dealing with his aunt dealing with mj dealing with um j jonah jameson was just so uh great and then for dc oddly enough i'm going to swing the exact opposite way superman <laughs> yeah. he is just i don't know why you know i like 
20, 30 years ago, I would have said Batman, but Superman nowadays is my favorite DC superhero. I think his his um, need to do good without doing harm is a tremendous kind of character um, dynamic. And the fact that he could do anything and just take control but doesn't is also great, as well as his desire to be human. Um, and, and relate on that level is amazing. I, and so Superman, like I love Superman stories. Yeah, it's funny. I think, um, I'm with you there on, on Superman. Um, you know, a while ago we did a, uh, I did an episode on, um, the savior complex and, mm-hmm. um, I definitely talked about, uh, Kal-El and, uh, there's a lot of like religious uh, undertones to his story. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I find that interesting. I think um, oh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you this, this kind of a follow-up question. That's not part of the five questions, but what did you think of, um, you know, we're talking about Superman. What did you think of man of steel and uh, Snyder's um, uh, decision, I guess, at the end there to, to have Superman uh, spoiler alert, kill uh, Zod. You know, it's it's funny that this choice didn't bother me quite as much as the the way he killed off Pa Kent, because uh, Pa Kent is under a bridge or uh, yeah, under an overpass. There's a tornado, and I forget what is going on. Why he's like being trapped by the tornado? He turns to Clark and says, "Don't save me because I don't want you to reveal yourself." And that, to me, is not the way Superman would react. Superman would find a way to save him in that moment and not reveal his identity or even risk revealing his identity to save him. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, sorry, I just kind of, my brain just fused (laughs) out for half a second. Um, Zod. Yeah, Zod. And, and, oh, the thing that Superman can't save is like a heart attack, you know, or getting there in time. And and, and that's kind of what makes his character so great is his ability to do almost anything but kind of save his uh, adopted father. He can't can't fly around the planet backwards? And spin the planet. well. You know what? You're, that's a good point. He can, <laughs> he can to save one person and not uh, anyone else. <laughs> I guess in a way the others are saved because he 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 Australian toilet bowled the planet. <laughs> Great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then killing Zod was kind of the capper, where it was just a little bit like, again, that's not what Soups does. If it was Batman, I'd believe it a little bit more. Um, But at the same time, you can make the argument that this is a younger Superman. He's trying to figure his shit out. Yes. And he hasn't yet. Right. And and I think that's a valid argument. Um, But there was a lot of, I I call them missed opportunities in Man of Steel. Man, I I get into some really cool conversations with my buddy Andre uh, from uh, Backseat uh, Directors. Um, (laughs) And we, um, yeah, we we absolutely love Man of Steel for those reasons, particularly. And I know a lot of friends of ours that we're we're in a, a group chat um are are against us and we're we kind of have to like buddy buddy up uh when we talk about man of steel i think you're right i think young kalel was still trying to figure out his shit um but i think the fact that that pa kent sacrificed himself um for the safety of his son Mm-hmm. Is, is again is it's it's got these 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 Christian undertones that um, that I think work really well in this particular rendition of of the Superman story. Um, yeah, I um, I just you know, and then you know Kevin Costner is a great actor, and I love the fact that yeah. he's he was in in Man of Steel. Um, but um, yeah, no, I I love that, and you know what I, I would. I would double up on that argument too regarding, you know, he's, he's just a young kid. He's still yeah. trying to figure stuff out. 
Um, and this is just one more lesson that that Pa Kent is is teaching him. Um, I think maybe later on, you know, almost like Spider-Man's with great power comes great responsibility speech with with Uncle Ben. You know, he maybe, you know, learns something about himself. Uh, I'm talking about Kal-El now. You know, he learns something about himself based on that experience. And maybe, you know, he vowed to himself, you know, I can't let anyone else die that way. I have to find a way to to, uh, you know, to be safe, but uh, but save the the people that I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a rational argument. Um, I do wish Zack Snyder had explored that more yeah. within the first 10 minutes afterwards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as fans, I think, uh, you know, sometimes we we don't understand the minutia of, of uh, blockbuster filmmaking. Uh, maybe no. he, maybe he wanted to and the studios are like, hey, you know, this is 10 minutes. This movie's 10 minutes too long. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get it down to two hours yeah. so that we can get the turnover. Um, but, you know, regarding um, General Zod, I think, you know, there was, um, you know, there was a long battle there. Uh, Zod was, uh, yeah. you know, using his laser vision to destroy buildings and kill people. And I think, uh, you know, at some point, you know, Superman said, you know, enough is enough. I, I can't uh, I can't let this continue. I think um, I think uh, Henry Cavill did such an amazing job at the moment of 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 killing Zod to express the insane emotional yeah. pain that he went through that the yeah. character went through that I, I, I believed it. I bought it and I 100% accepted it. Yeah. I think I, I did too. Um, it, again, it wasn't the, the thing within the movie that I was, um, that bumped me so much. And again, there was a, Oh God, there was a comic book series in the late eighties. I want to say where, where Superman does kill Zod if I remember correctly. And it was a really good series in the cover. I think it was John Byrne and on the cover, it, it was kind of that image of, no, it was, it was uh, Superman with a um, hangman's mask on, you know, like the, the black mask on and opening a thing of kryptonite and you don't know who he's opening it towards. But um, I think Exploring the idea of Superman killing someone is, is makes for a great story because, again, it goes down to his character of what he does and what he doesn't do. And, and even though now he may be a I don't murder, there could have been a time when when he accidentally did or was so overwhelmed. Like, you know, how many times do you wish Batman would just fucking take a gun and get rid of the Joker? <laughs> yeah, OK, just exactly. like he's right there. He's right he's, there. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah. you're like, I don't kill. Well, okay, then you just let this guy kill everyone else in Gotham. <laughs> Absolutely. These are these are great topics uh, that only nerds can uh, you know spend yeah. uh, you know a, a good uh, fourteen and a half minutes uh, dissecting. So <laughs> exactly, that's fantastic. Then, I love it. And then referencing every other little franchise we have around it. Because it it, it, it popped up. Can I do a quick side question? Can I do a quick yes, bonus yes, question? Absolutely. When you brought up the uh, great power comes great responsibility, which um which death scene with that line is one of your favorites from the movies? Uh, you know, I I'm going to have to cop out and say both of them because obviously, you know, the the meaning of that line means so much to me because I love Spider-Man as a character and obviously growing yep. up. Um, but I remember when they introduced Spider-Man into the MCU proper, um, you know, we had uh, we had a couple of movies and, you know, No Way Home and No Way Out and whatever. And there was never any mention of with great power comes great responsibility. And I was like pissed off. I'm like, yes, how can you skip that? It's <laughs> it's his M.O. It's his inspiration. It's it's in his DNA. It's why he is Spider-Man. But then when we got to, uh, you know, the, the last Spider-Man with all the spider, you know, the spider man uh, in it, 
Um, and then Aunt May said the line. I was I, yeah. fucking floored. Right? I'm like, you're telling me that you guys knew that this was going to happen <laughs> 17 years later? Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that that moment kind of redefined all three films in my head. I was like, "Oh, this yes. is a prequel. This is like all oh, him building up to be Spider-Man." Yeah, yeah. I um, I definitely soiled myself during that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I like yeah. anytime I get stopped up, I put on that scene just to uh, get things going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, question number four. Uh, what movie do you love that most people don't seem to know about? Oh, um, and actually, I wanted to do a, an episode on um, on science fiction or fantasy movies that uh, that are great but not a lot of people know about. And I Good think topic. I I always have I always have this particular movie in mind. Um, there's a movie um, called Another Earth. Have you heard of that? I is, is it the cover art where like the two Earths are like kind of close together, and there's a person laying on their back looking up? I no, I don't know if I know it. It's uh, it stars Britt Marling. She's from Chicago, an actress director from Chicago. Um, oh, she was in uh, the the AO on Netflix or the OA. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it's it's her and her um oh, her good. boyfriend slash husband at the time uh who directed the film another earth is one of those movies that i stumbled upon um i watched and it kind of just blew me away it's obviously it's it's science fiction the there's a story arc where um there's another earth that just appears in the sky out of nowhere and you know the world is is trying to figure out like what what the hell is this why why is there another earth up in the sky there but the movie doesn't have to it, the movie doesn't focus on that that's like an, an overall science fiction uh trope that's happening around this one character that's played by by Britt marling um she um the movie starts out and it's it's great the movie starts out um you know, there's there's a party and she's she's partying hard as a young person, as, as you know, young people do. Um, she's really drunk. She gets behind the wheel of, a, of her vehicle to go home and um, gets into a really bad accident, um, ends up killing a child. Okay. And um, the scene, you know, it's the scene is like right above the car accident where you see the impact of um, this family and, uh, you know, people fly out of the windshield and it just stays mm. there for, for, for a few seconds. And you're like, you're like blown away. And obviously the, the rest of the movie is, is her um, trying to cope with that situation while all this other earthly stuff is going on around her. And, um, and not that the two storylines are not related because later on as the story progresses, she finds a way to um, to help this father who she affected in such a profound way by getting behind the wheel of a, of a vehicle drunk and killing his wife and his son. Um, oh. And I – it's again, it's one of those movies like whenever somebody talks to me or asks me specifically about like that question that you just yeah. did, I always go to that because it's such a um, it's such an awesome movie, um, both uh, story and acting and just the concept. It just it just fucking blew me away. Another Earth. I, I would wow. highly recommend it. I'll, I'll look for it. I'll look for it. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, one movie that I love that I think everyone well, it, it, any geek should should watch, especially fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000 or old B-movies, is Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. It's uh, Larry Blymer, uh, like small independent film. It's black and white. It was filmed in 2000, but it's made to look like a 1950s um, sci-fi schlock horror film. And it is one of the driest, funniest movies I've ever seen. And I still put it on for a good laugh. 
What's it called again? Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. Oh, and nice. Not heard of that it, one. Yeah. It, yeah, it might be on Amazon Prime right now. I'm not sure. It it, it bounces around a little bit, but it, it's a fun. Um, Brian Howe is in it, who's a character actor who's in like a ton of things right now. Cool. Like over the twenty past twenty years. Excellent. Yeah. Writing it down. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Awesome. God, okay, this, was... this is so much fun, man. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I love doing this because it's just like it exposes me to so many new things. And that's so much fun. Absolutely. All right. Question number four. So we just did a cybernetics and Star Wars episode with my pals, Pat and Charles of the Red 5 Network podcast conversations podcast go give them a follow um i'll ask you this because it's a question that we posed in that episode what cybernetic enhancement would you like and why oh oh and i'm assuming we should be clean um <laughs> it always it, I, that's always on on men's top of mind <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah okay i'll go to the second answer um <laughs> I think I it, it, in reality I I think my eyes I think I'd go cybernetic eyes. I don't have I mean I my eyesight's fine but uh, I was just at the eye doctor yesterday so this is kind of um top of mind for me. Um there's an like an issue with my cornea that's really rare. It's like plus, plus uh you don't need to know the the Latin word for it, but it basically I'm means waiting, I'm waiting feverishly for for the name. <laughs> yeah, uh, pellucid. I think it's pellucid. Um, it, it basically means that, that light goes through, doesn't bend the right way, and so everything's a little blurry in yeah. that eye, and it it kind of drives me nuts. Um. And and it's always fun because at my last eye doctor, like he was always like, well, I don't know if we can do anything. But every time I was there, every eye doctor in the office would come in and it's like, hey, these are students. Would Do you mind if they look at your <laughs> eye? And I'm like, yeah. And so I'd get everyone like, look, like going, oh, yeah, I see it. That's pretty severe. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Like, OK, thanks. <laughs> um, so I would I would say my eyes and, you know, yes, X-ray vision. I would want that if it's offered in cybernetic uh, stuff, but I think telescoping vision would be awesome. I think, um, I think having like the Jordi LaForge, uh, post, uh, next generation show eyes, you know, the, the kind of like you see the lenses turning in there yeah. would be fun. Um, able to see all so, sorts of frequencies, you know, yes, like, yes. Like, yeah. Be able to see at night so I don't scare the hell out of myself. Right, right. Um, just walking around in the dark. Do you do you do that? Do you like walk around your house in the dark and just be like, why is there a little boy ghost over there? <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. The stuff that goes on. Anyway, so yeah, eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, this is audio only, but we're recording and I um I didn't realize I did not have my uh, my glasses on, but we both wear glasses. And I think, uh, you know, um, as a as a news photographer kind of dude, it's kind of annoying oh, yes. uh, to have to, you know, uh, wear glasses uh, when you're shooting news, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would I would I would go with um, with eyes. And I think, you know, like you said, if if all those extra things were offered, um, it might be like a like a certain, you know, plugin that you would put in or some <laughs> software that you would upload, um, yeah. like a firm firmware update for your yeah. eye that uh, will allow you to do all this extra stuff. But yeah, I think um, I probably would do eyes too. And you know, Blue Cross would not cover all the extra no, stuff. No, no. But I, as you, I told, you, you um, as I told Pat and Charles, you know, you, you couldn't get the PPO to cover it, but the PPP would cover it. <laughs> yeah. <the> Palpatine uh, <laughs> prescription plan <laughs> coverage. So yeah. <laughs> okay, patrons, time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of Mandalore running around here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons. All right, how about some shout outs? 
big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve, rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Thank you. Longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that, kind sir. Oh, and a wonderful thank you to Belinda. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you're on this list. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, a fan-favorite collaborator, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. A huge respect to all our Patreon supporters. You remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Your fifth question. What do you got? Oh, it's my fifth question. Hmm. Or, or is fourth? Cause I just, this, this was my fourth for you. Yeah. So, so I'm on five. Okay. Um, okay. I, uh, I'm going uh, to ask this one. What movie released in the past 25 years made you feel like you were 12 years old again? Uh, I know what movie I wanted to be f- to, to <laughs> release uh, that, that would make me feel 12 years old again. Um, is, is that Phantom Minutes or something <laughs> else? Dial of Destiny. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. um, let's see. What movie in the last couple of years... Oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to say uh, the the last, uh, the third installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. Movie. Yeah, me too. Um, that was such a, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect going into. And, you know, um, those uh, those characters, when they first were introduced, uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I was aware of them because of the comic books. I wasn't a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy comic book reader. Um, I don't remember them too much popping in to any of the titles that I, that I collected, maybe, yeah. uh, the Avengers sometimes when they were off into space somewhere, but, you know, I really had kind of a hands-off, um, experience, uh, going into the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that the MCU really does well. And, uh, the introduction of these characters has been just kind of magical, and mm-hmm. that third movie, again, I I kind of stayed away from spoilers and not by design. It's just that I just, you know, I, I knew I was going to go see it because I had friends that wanted to see it. But I, I really was blown away by the, um, I, I guess, the the unexpected tenderness of the story. Yeah. Um, because, you know, <laughs> yes. we've, we've uh, kind of, you know, grown accustomed to these characters and followed them on these adventures. But this one was, uh, you know, I, I expected a lot more... Um, galactic uh, implications because that's their characters, but it was such an intimate story, um, you know, deep down that uh, it, it really surprised me. It, it blew me away. And, uh, you know, um, I might, uh, I might be embarrassed to say that, uh, you know, my eyes leaked once or twice uh, during <laughs> the movie. So yeah, I, I would say uh, guardians of the galaxy three. Yeah, absolutely. I I absolutely agree. It's so funny because coming off of uh, it's interesting what you said about spoilers. I didn't really. I I try to avoid spoilers, but I'm not militant about it. It's just now with streaming, I'm not as exposed to commercials, so I'm not seeing trailers as much. So I'm not trying to create what the story is going to be in the movie from what I see. And I kind of went into it cold as well. And oh my god! After after the second one, which I thought was a f- fun movie, but it wasn't as um, emotionally exciting as the first one. Like the first one made me feel like a kid again. The second one was like, yeah, these are fun characters, and I'm enjoy I'm enjoying the ride. But the third one again just took me back to like, wow, this yeah. is really great filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kudos to James Gunn. 
Let's see what yes. he do. let's see what he does to our aforementioned uh, Superman. Yeah, I I hope I hope James Gunn can have as good a scene as uh, a good a Superman scene as in uh, what was it Justice League when he's fighting all of them. Um, when he just comes back from the dead, he's fighting the Justice League. He's got like Batman in his uh, grip and Wonder Woman's fallen and Flash is trying to flank him. And you just see the one eyeball follow the Flash. <laughs> to me, that's, again, that's, that's as, as Superman as you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and information, and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansui, while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. RanchoObiWan.org. All right, five questions. We are up to the final. That was was that your fifth for me? That was my fifth for you. Excellent. I've got my final question for you, my friend. This one is uh, this is a little bit of a deep dive. Um, Ooh. Let's 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 see let's see what you have to say. I know we all got our Star Wars opinions and. Um, Let's uh, let's uh, let's see what we got. Um, question number five for you: Star Wars is a decades-old franchise. What is the, in your opinion, what is the one thing you feel it needs to do to remain relevant into the next half century? Ooh, wow, that's a great question. I may steal that for do it for um, for my show. That's such a good question. Hmm. I think one of the things, and, and it's hard because I'm not sure a lot of people want it. I think it needs to continuously surprise us and be able to change within its own mythology, meaning it has to maintain what it is about Star Wars that people are fascinated with. But also keep uh, keep us guessing a little bit as fans of what's coming up. Like the the copy and paste of the MCU is a little apparent. I think the copy and paste of Star Wars is starting to show a little bit. Um, but I do think there's aspects of the Last Jedi that really challenges people. Now, when I walked out of the Last Jedi, I was kind of stunned. I, I, there was a part of me that was like, "What did I just watch?" And then, as um, time went on and I revisited it and thought more about it, I see some of the ways that um, Ryan Johnson was really trying to push Star Wars a little further ahead. I just don't know if. I think in some ways he was, he was quite frankly, in some ways, I think he was thumbing his nose at the audience while at, at the same time trying to challenge the audience. And the combination of the two tones did not make for a very um, uh, uh, streamlined movie. It didn't make for a movie where that, that was easy to follow. It made you keep, second guessing everything it made you it maybe made you think about the wrong things that he wanted to bring to the audience light although i do like that he did try to challenge the audience okay okay yeah i mean i gotta ask what 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 do you think it has to do you know when um 
when I first um, watched uh, the Andor series in its entirety, um, I think uh, one of the things that I remember thinking to myself was, um, you know, when Andor is done and another Star Wars series comes back, um, it's going to be hard um, to go back to regular Star Wars. And I, you know, um, Andor was beautifully shot. It was masterfully written. And I remember posting that this is the type of thing that Star Wars needs to do in order for it to grow and continue to yeah. um, impress the fan base. And I know a lot of people, you know, Andor was not their their jam. Um, everyone um, has a different, uh, you know, perspective of what they want in their Star Wars. But for me, I think Andor was the perfect mix of um, of quality in in mm-hmm. writing and visuals that um that i think i feel i need at my stage in in my life um you know obviously i was uh six or seven years old when i first saw the the original star wars i think uh a six or seven year old would probably not like andor but um andor is definitely uh, you know it's it's top tier star wars for me and it's top tier drama in any genre and um, I like that the authors, you know, the the Gilroys, I guess, in this case, um, took the source material serious and mm-hmm. uh, were able to, I don't know, weave a, a, a very um, you know, fascinating storyline of, uh, you know, of a character really that uh, had his uh, his origins in, in Rogue One, obviously. But, you know, I, I remember hearing a lot of people saying, you know, we know what happens to, to Cassie and why would I want to, to see a series on, on, on his, you know, what he did before. But, um, to me it was fascinating. It was thrilling. And yes, I, I know, um, what ends up happening to him, but you know, a lot of times it's, it's not the, the destination, it's the journey. And well, I mean, with that idea in mind, just the fact that we knew the Death Star plans were gotten, why would we want to see them get the Death Star plans. And it turns out, fantastic, right. exciting movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Andor is a good example of the ways Star Wars needs to grow. And I do think there's room for kind of like um, the toy box shows, like sure. Book of Boba Fett, where it's just like, wouldn't it be cool to see this? And we get to see it. Um, but look, you know, a lot of people cry at the end of um uh what's that movie kevin kevin costner in kansas builds the baseball diamond oh yeah uh Um, field of dreams field of dreams you know what we have as geeks i can't swim (laughs) i mean how (laughs) yeah amazing is that line in that in that show in the the build-up to that moment is just fantastic yeah andor is peak star wars yeah absolutely at the moment absolutely well you know we'll see if uh ahsoka knocks it off the charts but yeah um kind of doubt it will but uh i'm hoping that (laughs) it'll be up there and uh yeah i'll enjoy it Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Five Questions on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We are recording 7-11-2023. Go get your Slurpee. Uh, we're recording um, on StreamYard, and I um, we're, we're facing each other, so it's great. I did happen to see you're, – you're sitting in the dark, and I did happen to see a small ghost boy uh, apparition behind you. So I just want to make sure – I just want to make sure that you're aware of that when we sign off. Uh, you know, let me know if you get home safe. I, I will. I probably <laughs> won't, though. Um, I, I'm planning right now to just cower in the corner and maybe cry a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Well, again, Dave, thank you so much. Um, if you're enjoying this episode and you want to participate in your own five questions or submit a couple of questions for us to kind of use next time, give us a call on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. That's 773-234-8659. Or just to say hello there. And speaking of hello there, why don't you tell folks where people can find you, Dave? Well, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram and threads 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, Star Wars Mean to You, that's Star Wars Mean, the number two and the letter U. And they can also find me uh, in What Does Star Wars Mean to You uh, on any any place where you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, you know, take a listen to it. It's all kinds of people from all walks of life talking about their love of Star Wars. Excellent. We love Star Wars and we all love all sorts of geek stuff here at the Scarif Podcast. Yep. And remember, we are part of the Red 5 Network. You can find the rest of the gang over at bio.link slash red5. That's the number five for more shenanigans and tomfoolery. <laughs> Excellent. Ro, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a, I had a blast doing this. This is, this is just such a fun concept. Awesome sauce. Uh, you got an open invite, my friend Dave, from What Does Star Wars Mean to You? Um, lucky to have met you, and uh, thank you so much for uh, for your support, your friendship, and uh, your camaraderie. Thank you. <laughs> now, I'm blushing now. We'll catch you guys next time on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. That's my own music. <laughs> nice. I'm keeping it in. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>